This episode is sponsored by New Balance and Sarah's taking on the 2024 TCS London Marathon with their support. Today, we're really excited to talk to you about two specific shoes from the Fuel Cell range. Yes, the brand new Fuel Cell Rebel V4. Now, I have the luxury of training in a few different pairs of shoes. So currently how I use this shoe is in my tempo runs, my interval runs, my kind of faster sessions. Also, what I'm throwing at those sessions is the Fuel Cell Super Comp Elite V4 from New Balance. Because you'll be wearing those on race day. Yes. And I wore the V3 back for my Valencia Marathon PB in December. And I'm excited as a shoe geek because they're essentially the ultimate marathon racing shoe based on innovation, including being tested by athletes like the American marathon record holder, Emily Sisson. And she's run 218.29, so she's not hanging about. No, I'll be slightly behind that time. Marginally. Marginally. Um, if you want to check out the Rebel V4 or the Supercomp Elite V4, head to the link in the show notes. You are listening to the Running Channel podcast with me, Andy Badley, Rick Kelsey in the corner, pressing buttons, and last and very much least, Sarah Hartley, <laughs> <laughs> who I could definitely do without in my life. Right now. <laughs> tough gig. <laughs> I feel like she's had a she's had a tough few days. We should leave her alone. You know, yeah. every time she goes anywhere, she can't get back. Exactly. Yeah, well, that means I'm blaming her entirely for all of the travel delays that I've had in the last month or so. Yeah, I'm a curse. Just don't put me anywhere near a plane. It will be delayed. Right. Yeah. We're only running in the UK from now on. <laughs> Let's go. Deal. so excited for the topic this week it is what no one tells you before you start running we've all had a little think about ones that we're mm. going to bring up i've got a great list of ones that i've asked other people for as well so more on that a little bit later but first how, how have your weeks been rick well i had a critical incident this week <laughs> oh, oh this is it hit, hit me with it you so, ran out of gavi yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. i'm quite low a global wine shortage <laughs> yeah <laughs> people have started messaging me on instagram saying how's your gavi stock but anyway yes. that's not yeah, it yeah, the seller. Uh, yeah. If, we <laughs> seller. Could, if we go back into lockdown you'll find rick in the wine aisle <laughs> stockpiling yeah. no, I, I, I was obviously i'm training because i've got um, a 10k coming up and i've had to you know go out and do some longer stuff midweek it's been incredibly hot in the UK recently. Yeah. And I put sun cream on and other runners will have experienced this, that at some point the sun cream starts leaking into your eyes. Oh, it's the, and it's and excruciatingly and, painful. And the pain, I think for a minor ailment, I don't think there is a worse pain <laughs> for a mile aim. Do you, know, do you know how to fix that? No, but let, let me just finish the sentence. I think it, what so he wishes me, just, is that just, you would have uh, yeah. told him this beforehand. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I wish you had. Mm -hmm. um, in a recent podcast, we did DNF. Yeah, yeah. Did not, in a race, I had a DNF in training. <laughs> because, <laughs> because of, of your eyes. Cream. No, because I couldn't see where I was going. <laughs> How far away from home were you? A long way and, and even further away about five minutes later when I couldn't see the corner. I literally couldn't open my eyes. I had to sit down in the park and find a pond and splash stuff. A, pond. a, pond, a pond? And splash water mice to which a woman comes up to me in the pond and goes, there's vile disease in that. You don't want to splash water. So I'm like, well, I can't see anyway. It's all gone. <laughs> The woman came up to you in the pond. No, she got on the edge of the pond, oh, right, splashing the water. Yeah, yeah, I was imagining someone just man, wading man through the water. Hallucinating on this yeah. run. They just so, swam up. So in summary, <laughs> dramatic. Answer my question. How does this not happen again? Okay, so if you have, you've got quite a good bushy eyebrow, Rick, so this yeah. should solve your problem no end. Get a bit of Vaseline right. or other similar products are available. <laughs> spread it across your eyebrow quite thickly i think yeah okay. yeah and it'll stop the sun cream going in oh my god do you want to know something funny or, so, or wear a hat 
and no, because it's st- oh yeah, and then avoid putting to. sun cream yeah, on your yeah. forehead at all. Oh, these are really good suggestions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I am um, my. My dad plays golf in the summer and like burns so easily. And my mum's always nagging him to put sun cream on. And I went around the other day and had a similar conversation where he was like, it just, it just gets in my eyes. And I, and I was about to tell him this trick and then looked at his eyebrows and he has like one hair. <laughs> but I think, I think it will still work if you just like. Vaseline your bash- eyebrows, so the actual yeah, the, eyebrow. the area, because it will act as okay. like a, a barrier. All right. So just. Big strips of Vaseline across both eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. I suppose if you just did one, it'd be pointless. Yeah, I'm not sure how useful <laughs> this is going to be. Like in uh, <laughs> just it's, run with one eye. September, it's just been unusually hot in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Sarah, you're running. Mine's been actually pretty good this week. I've just been trying to fit runs in is what I found really hard. Like with travel, with being busy, I'm about to go on holiday. Swimming up to strangers in ponds. <laughs> yeah, mermaid. Yeah. It's just very hard to fit runs in, isn't it? And as much as like, you know, we're having a very warm September, it, the days are very much getting shorter. And I did yeah, my first run in the dark the other week. And oh, really? Yeah, it's just not that. Yeah. I had that like feeling of like, oh, I just don't really want to run in the dark. But I got out, did it. And I've got like quite a nice five mile route near me where I go over a bridge. And when I got over the bridge and like everything was lit up, it was actually quite pretty. But um, yeah, running in the dark, not the one. How's your marathon training going? I Andy? have also had a little run that finished in the dark. I just managed to get the kids in bed just in time. And I thought I had a, a window of opportunity to get out there. And I think mm-hmm. generally for me anyway, as long as my eyes are getting used to it, as I'm running so the sort of literally the sun is setting and the, it's getting dark then yeah. I'm just about okay I don't live in an area with very many street lights oh see I'm just running you do Central live near London. a zoo though <laughs> that's true yes I do <laughs> famous so for a street lights there is a, a fear of a lion attack fear of a lion attack yeah, yeah. did I mean, you um, spend too long staring at fields so it got dark yeah just to let my eyes adjust to the gloaming <laughs> by the way isn't gloaming a wonderful yeah. word what does that mean? It's like that time I've just described, I think, as the... Uh, like sunset, the, yeah. golden hour. I guess it's dusk. It's like yeah. another word for that. Well, at least your oh, eyes were able mean? to adjust. Yes, because I could see. Because <laughs> yeah. you didn't have sun cream in them. <laughs> but yeah, I've been steadily building up my running still. Um, done my longest couple of runs in the last few weeks, which have been going okay. Fingers crossed. I, I gain mm. some lovely support from my coach on Strava um, when he sees... Uh, he sees the runs that I do where I happened to have run. This was the other week. I ran 16 K so 10 miles. Yeah. Pretty good. At, at an average pace, which I think is pretty close to what I'd like to run for my marathon. And he was like, okay, that's 16 K done. Only another like three times that or whatever it was he said to me, which was, I know it's not quite three times. Yeah. What like 28, yeah. 26 K to go. <sighs> yeah. Just another 26 K. It'd be fine. No, that's wrong. Don't judge my maths. No, that's but- right. 26 and 16. That would make 42. 44. Oh no, that would make 42. <laughs> oh, Sarah, brilliant. It's been, been a long few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I can't jet, do much. Jet lag. Yeah, should we get Back into the yourself. topic? Yes, we should. Right, so that was not a smooth intro because Rick didn't do it, but hey, that was an all right transition. Just people bearing with us. I it's okay, we'll, we'll get it right next week. <laughs> Rick looks so disappointed. <laughs> so we're talking about what no one tells you before you start running. So I did a bit of a poll in the Running Channel office and got suggestions from different people. Oh, yeah. And the first one I want to talk about is one that Rick will hate. Oh, no. Gels make you poo yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that's, I don't, I mean, not always true. I, I've no. been experimenting with the gels for my marathon um, and had my first one recently. 
on a run and I didn't poo myself and in fact didn't even feel like it so um, I think that I'm taking that as a win I think I've been so prepped by you guys that this is a disaster waiting to happen Next. I think it's <laughs> but I do think it's like you don't know like eating and running is a skill in itself so when you do it for the first time you don't know how, what your body's going to do yes I, yeah, my per- the, I, I th- actually think the thing that's what no one tells you before you start running is that idiots like us will talk about bodily functions way more than <laughs> than is normal before you start running. I think you become yeah. way more comfortable with yeah, like yeah, queuing yeah. for the portally or yeah. whatever it might Just be at chatting, a race event. Being on a run with someone for two hours non-stop talking, you're going to have to move yeah. on to toilet stuff eventually. Well, you run out like, of no, other stuff. Look at his face. He <laughs> <laughs> rolled his eyes at me it, just then. Isn't it just about getting food into your body at the right time of day. And yeah. making sure it doesn't go out of your body at the wrong time of day. Well, I think Rick's point is that, that <laughs> it, doesn't always have to, it doesn't always have to end with that. Right, go on, Rick. What did no one tell you before you started running? Uh, definitely about <laughs> the, the clothing situation. So yeah, You have I, to wear them, mate. Yeah, you, well, you know. <laughs> it's been um, hot, but not that hot. I think I definitely just got a pair of shoes and just went straight out and ran and didn't wear in my, my trainers before I got into them, which obviously can cause a few problems. Mm, yeah. I so you haven't worn, worn them in? I haven't worn them in, no. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, if you go out on a... On a, on a race, on a race. Uh, yeah, a race yeah. or a much longer run than new you race. normally do. Yeah. In, in new kits and or shoes, it can be blister or chafe city. Also, you don't always realise like how big a difference specific running shoes and clothing can make. Down to the one that I found the most surprising was socks. I ran for a good year in, in like... In your classic cotton crew socks. Yeah, and just thing. my yeah. classic... Hang on, I still wear classic cotton crew socks for running. <laughs> well, Rick, we need to bring you up to, up to speed. Yeah, because you can get socks where they'll like give you a bit of arch support or they'll be padded at the end to stop blisters. And, and also the, the biggest one is if you're running in the summer and it's really hot, and you have like a cotton crew sock on that is warm like okay, I went right. out and it's also soaking up sweat it doesn't wick it away from yeah. your feet this is sweat. live revelation on yeah. this podcast Tell right you what, now. so I can't wear my big thick Uniqlo pretty socks <laughs> for running other brands are available yes yeah. Yeah. well I mean you can uh, and, and like it depends on how hot it is but yeah I, I do think that you don't look back once you've worn proper running socks mm. okay wait, I need to sort this quickly because in a couple of weeks time I've got a major event and I don't want it to turn critical. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, we'll get you some socks and you can report back. I'll tell you what it's like. Okay, I think generally though, I think a lot of people will not know that there are running specific socks that give that type of support. No, well, even as well, like I, so when I first started running, I wore exactly what I would wear to the gym. So like I didn't have, I had gym shoes, normal socks, yeah, shorts and like, well, I didn't really wear shorts to start off with, but like leggings that just didn't fit right. And then mm. I would usually just wear a cotton t-shirt as well. So then, which is, there is, you don't need lots of like really fancy expensive stuff to start running. No. But actually, if you want to, I don't know, like perform at your best or have stuff that's going to last a long time as well, buying stuff that is running specific will last a lot longer because it's actually tailor-made to that. And you're not going to, I don't know, sweat a hole through a cotton t-shirt yeah. or something. Yeah, so it's generally the main thing is that the technical fabrics allow you to yeah. to like wick sweat away from your body. So you're not having the moisture sitting next to your body, chafing and, and like mm. making you wet, cold, hot, whatever it might be. And, and the socks are also like usually ergonomically designed. So you have a left and a right sock. So they fit differently. And, and the padding's in a different place. Running underwear, mm. huge game changer. Have you ever used that, Rick? No. Oh, so good. Running underwear, honestly. Obviously, like if, if you need a sports bra, that, that's another one that someone gave me. Like sports bras are not optional for running. Like you need need a sports bra, but also like sports pants 
make a huge difference because the material it's not gonna it's uh you can get like i can't remember the exact stuff but like a lot of bacteria builds up so if you have proper specific sports underwear for if you're doing like a really long run or a marathon or like an ultra or something yeah and they, it's great for you yeah, and they have specific ways of, of like creating the seams or not having any seams at all because mm. it's the seams oh, yeah, on so, yeah. socks and pants wow, and stuff i mean that i, nor- I normally learn some stuff on this podcast but this is <laughs> <Just> incredible <laughs> <laughs> see there you go it's not all well, about toilet humor related Andy. to the clothing my one is a bit stupid but i think you know what no one tells you before you start running is that you'll shove way more stuff down your shorts than you ever thought you would yes yes <laughs> i tell you what i have seen you what i can name that i've seen you shove down your oh, shorts hello. a script when you tried to run a sub 90 minute half oh yeah they, and that's, that fit that down script there by it was a paper script by the end of that 90 minute <laughs> half in like 20 odd degrees that was it was just it was like um yeah, so you know when you leave floppy. a tissue in your pocket in the washing machine? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what it looked like. It was also, it was printed on such thick paper. Oh. Like it was like proper card to start off with and then yeah. like a blanket so at the script, end. script, what else? Script, a phone. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Keys. Keys. Yeah. Mic pack. Yeah. Where do you fit I mean, all this? I mean, these are quite specific yeah. to the running channel. Yeah, these are specific But I'm you. thinking, I'm also thinking that like in the winter I would... Um, take my gloves off when I get warm enough and shove them down the waistband of uh, yeah. my shorts. In the summer, if I was to take a, an outer layer off or as it gets warmer, a t-shirt or a jacket or something. Grow a, a tail. tail. Put a little, yeah, put a little yes. tail out the back of your shorts. Have you ever Keys. done the thing, this isn't short specific, but if you ever have like a hydration vest on, that can be a baguette carrier. That can, <laughs> I've fit an entire weekly shop down the back of a hydration vest. <sighs> Uh, like clothes for if you uh, run commute are we, are to a restaurant. Weird? Are we weird? A, a I really want to know. Carrier. Yeah. As yeah. In, what on earth are you talking well, about? Well, as in like, if you're just doing a short run and like I've done it where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do like a, a 10K and then finish up well, you at pop the to a bakery and get some, a baguette. Yeah, so I like finish up at the supermarket and then the front pocket where you would usually fit like a hydration flask or like a you water bottle. You put a baguette bottle, in there. You can put a baguette I in there. I have seen a ridiculous picture of you doing this. So also, this is not fake news. Tom from the Running Channel, once I once did a walk with him where he put a sausage roll <laughs> down <laughs> in that pocket as well. Yeah. And he did like a 10K walk and then at the end got a sausage roll out and was so happy. Yeah, it's a weird, weird thing. There you go. There's loads of weird stuff that you'll end up carrying on a run. That's something I wouldn't have thought about. Yeah. I, and, and this has more come to me later, like during my career training uh, professionally, I guess I'd never took anything with me on the run other than my like, house key. And often I would tie that to my shoes because I didn't like the, the jangle the of jangle the, the, of the, the keys. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was another one that someone gave me. What no one tells you, jangly keys are so irritating. Oh man, if you're running with they someone are. and they've got a key in their pocket, but they haven't separated their one house key that they actually need from all of their other keys. Yeah. That's quite annoying. Well, some people yeah. need two house keys. Oh, okay. Well, they have need to put them in two separate pockets. <laughs> or on both. One on each shoe. One on each shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we I, used to call them um, pocket percussionists yes. Oh, yes. In, a, in a video years yeah. ago. Yeah. Don't you think, though, that in general, running shorts are poorly designed because they don't have zips on them? Some do. Some do, yeah. I, I, I would say that they've, they're better more recently, and I've been, I have some in my shorts armory that have both zipped pockets and also the kind of... Um, quicker access like flaps almost like neoprene pockets pockets oh, yeah. for gels all of that yeah, sort of stuff yeah. yeah gels is another thing that i might put in my waistband and my shorts i do think though is that they're shorts that <laughs> are specifically made for performance versus for like yeah. everyday running yeah. if you make a short for performance then when what you're thinking about what it needs to have it needs to have like a pocket for gels Mm. and that's probably it and then like you buy a pair of shorts and go right well i need my phone in it i need my keys in it i need my bank card in it i need i'm going to take that to the post office it'd be great if i could fit that in it yeah. as well, <laughs> well I, think, yeah. I think there's, there's a fairly unusual use cases but there we go um 
And and I had another one totally unrelated to that. Mm-hmm. Is that um and bear in mind I had to, you know, say what no one tells you before you start running. I'm so old, I had to think back a very long time. But elephants never forget. Um so I They don't. I um <laughs> I, that's not even relevant, is it? But I um relevant. It's not even relevant. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Hello. Um I might turn his mic off. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Please um, do. But yeah, I, I, that was the um the urge to make this could be very unique to me the urge to shave my legs is real i haven't recently but i did shave it when i was competing you look like you still shave your legs at the front yeah that's because i think i'm old enough now that when i wear trousers it just wears the hair away on my legs <laughs> <laughs> on a section of my legs so now i'm re-motivated you to never shave my wear legs. trousers though you what? very rarely wear trousers. Well, I must wear them. Sometimes. Yes, occasionally. Christmas Day. Yes, either that or I'm like a grasshopper I'm just hair. constantly rubbing my legs together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the urge to kind of, I, I did it because it felt faster, weirdly. I, I would shave really? my legs. It felt I, faster, okay, not because it actually made any material well, I, I difference. I started doing it because I'd get regular sports massage and physiotherapy and there would, sometimes Ooh. I'd have niggles and they would take right. my legs and stuff and doing that with hairy legs is painful. And then I just kept doing it because... It made me feel faster. It's weird, right? And, and also, I think it looked, you know, if I was if I'd done a lot of stuff in the gym, or, or I was, it felt like I was really fit, you could kind of see the like a little bit more muscular definition. From Did you wax or shave? Oh no, just like trim with clippers. Clippers. Trim with clippers. Like, yeah. Gosh. That, <laughs> right. Well, this has blown their mind. That's okay. blown my Sorry, mind. Do we need to move on now. Related to that. Yeah. yeah. You were saying taping your legs. Tape your nipples. Oh. Oh my gosh. Which can, yeah. I thought this was just something that happened if you didn't wear a sports bra, but I did see someone. This happens to blokes as well. It happened with me and you were running two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Victoria well, Park. it happened to Tom when he was training like an Olympian for a week, but it also, I saw it happen to someone on TikTok who was wearing a sports bra. So if you wear a sports bra, beware as well. Yeah. If, if it's the, it's the like literal chafing of your t-shirt yeah. going up against your nipples, but that's very similar because, so Tito, who's one of our videographers, he is now, the most in the know about how to tape your nipples. Like he will recommend the specific plaster, He's hairy how as well. to put it on. But this is the thing, like putting it on, fine. Watching, watching them the try to take it off. Try to take it off, yeah. Looks so painful. But um, it's just like a bandage, just gotta rip it straight off. Do you know so what this pluck. all leads to, Sarah? Mm-hmm. This is all an accumulation of stuff. And this podcast is about stuff that you didn't know before you started running. What people don't know yeah. is the amount of stuff you will acquire that you didn't have before. That's oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is so true. Yeah, foam it, rollers, nipple tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because you look at the thing that I've asked you to for Christmas for the last three massage years. Massage gun. I like a massage you, gun. No one's bought punchy, me. Punchy oh. thing. Don't worry, mate. Christmas is coming. It's probably because well, yeah. when you wrote we'll your disappoint you again. <laughs> it's probably because when you wrote your little uh, Christmas list of Father Christmas, he read it and went, "I have got absolutely no idea what a punchy thing is." So uh, he's not getting <laughs> hey, that. Don't worry, I know what it is. Yeah. We and Rick are on the same wavelength. <laughs> but yeah, it's so true. You look at running and go like, "Oh, that won't take up much space. That's a nice, simple Stuff hobby." Everywhere. I have a floor to ceiling cupboard that is just filled with like hydration vests, shoes, clothes, like. There's just we, so we much stuff that you can do. Yeah, the running it. channel, obviously, we do get to test a lot of stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is exciting. And then it's, there are, often it's like, well, I never thought I needed this. And then now I've tried it. I can't, I can't go back. Yeah. There's so, also yeah. like, there's some stuff over the years where we've gone like, no, I, I don't think that's definitely like a, a nice to have extra. Yeah. Like, yeah. do you remember we um, tested 
wing mirror. I was thinking of exactly those things, <laughs> sunglasses, sunglasses with wing mirrors so you can see behind you. Which yeah. to be fair is pretty cool, but I feel like it's more if you're on a bike. Yeah, definitely really useful for blind spots on a bike, for sure. Mm. Right, well, we've got through loads of what no one told you there. I feel like we do need a part two though. I, this was good. This <laughs> yeah. was good. <laughs> this is good. Uh, uh, we've taught Rick something, so that's it, the main thing. I yeah. would like to do a listeners correspondence episode on yeah. what no one tells you before you start running that's so a good idea if you can yeah. email in to podcast at the running with all of the things that you think people should know that, that you didn't know before you started running and we'll do maybe a whole episode where we just run through them and, and react to them because i imagine some of those will be a bit bonkers as well i, I bet we'll learn something too yeah <laughs> so you're listening to the running channel podcast up next we've got your questions to answer plus we've each picked a new story from the world of running to discuss don't forget that this episode is brought to you by New Balance and their Fuel Cell Supercomp Elite V4, which is their ultimate marathon racing shoe, and their Fuel Cell Rebel V4, which is their do-anything running shoe, but skewed towards speed, which is what Sarah's been using it for in her marathon training. And both of them are lighter than their predecessors. Yes, I have been wearing them in training. And I know that this isn't a scientific fact, but I feel like the placebo effect of if your shoes look fast, you will be fast. Well, I always feel like I look fast. What about you? <laughs> oh, me too, especially in these. And that's what I've been enjoying in training, that kind of like angular geometric design of the shoe just makes me want to go faster yeah. so if you want to look much cooler than me or sarah hey leave me out of it if you want to look cooler than andy wear anything if you want to look cooler than me head to the link in the show notes to check out the rebel v4 and the super complete v4 right well i will go first i'm going to jump straight in with my new story which is about cross country so a personal passion of mine like when i was running on the track there was a lot of people, like former professional athletes, the, the greats who had won world championships and Olympics and stuff, saying like, you need to run cross country. You need to build your base and your strength and your stamina on like something that's, you know, pretty hardcore. In the UK, the cross country scene is quite, it's like, it's very old school. You run through like, often through streams and up muddy hills and stuff like that, as opposed to a lot of cross country courses mm. in the US, which are on beautiful golf courses. And I always wished I got to run on those, for example. It's not real though, is it? Well, I don't know. They run fast, and they're, they're like uh, it's not on road or track. But it's nice to it's not fake golf course. Okay, all right, it's not fake golf, but it's nice to jump over trees and not know quite which yeah. way you're going. We mm. did a relay cross country race. I remember back at school where you had to literally climb over like gates and stiles and stuff. It's great. Uh, That's yeah. what it's supposed to be Absolutely. about. Absolutely. And you've got and and I'd be running in. 15 millimeter spikes sticking out the bottom of my shoes like that's you know that that's it's a big and i've got scars on my feet from where other people stamped on me by mistake with their spikes with their pretty long, long yeah. spikes Ooh. um sorry my point here as i went off on a little trip yeah. down memory lane is that there's a, a new event that's been announced uh in the uk so the night of the night of the ten thousands in the summer or the early part of the summer is this huge spectacle on the track where there's beer tents on the track and and you know whatever you call them, flamethrowers and like live music and beer. And it's like this incredible atmosphere. They're trying to create that, essentially a night of the 10,000 meter PBs for cross country Wow! in January uh, at Parliament Hill, which is really iconic in, in the UK cross country scene as well in North London. That's amazing. So it's a bit like what they've done with the 100 in cricket. Yeah. They're just kind of just throwing the fireworks at it. Yeah, trying to make it like, like I would say there's not nothing more traditional in the world of running than cross country in the uk it's very like hasn't changed for a hundred years um but we need to make people excited about our sport and we don't want anyone that runs or or you know it's my passion anyone that that runs or is interested in running i think would love the night of the ten thousands, even if they're not that interested yeah. in, in track and field same i would love people to come and see 
the best runners in the UK and lots of club runners, everyone coming and running this. There'll be, there'll be thousands of runners there. And I think the idea is that they'll run through beer tents and it'll be a lapped course. So yeah. it's great for spectators. Oh, but it'll amazing. still be proper, true, hardcore cross That sounds great. We just need to tell them to have wine tents as well. Sarah, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> All about the wine. Yeah. So my new story this week is to do with pregnancy deferral. So New York, a lot of majors have been announcing changes to their um, policies for people who fall pregnant and they're signed up to the race. New York City Marathon have just changed their deferral policy, but it means that athletes will need to pay again if they defer. So if they've entered into the race and paid, they can defer to one of the next three races, but they will need to pay again. So they get a guaranteed spot held for them, but they have to pay yeah. the next time as well as having paid the first time. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, you know, the more choice with this kind of stuff, the better. Because Chantal got a place in London a couple of years ago and obviously had to pull out when we got pregnant. And, you know, as things worked out, she didn't go back and do it again. But I think in general, just because when you've got a baby, it's more difficult to try and work through this type of stuff. But in general, the idea of having more choice is only a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, we've talked as well about the She Races campaign before mm. on here, which is a, a campaign for making sure stuff like this is put in place. Um, and I'd love to know the experiences of anyone listening at races, good or bad, uh, what you think about this as well. So definitely let us know at podcast at therunningchannel.com because it is becoming something that's more talked about. That, like Rick says, is definitely a good thing. Uh, and other races are putting in place different policies as well. So I imagine that it will get to the point where there's a fairly consistent policy across lots of different races. Do you know what's also good as well? I think recently a lot of people have been talking more often and more frequently about running during pregnancy as well yes. and, mm. and how it works. I mean, we've made a video on it a couple of years ago and there's been quite a lot actually uh, in the BBC recently. One of their presenters has been talking about how she runs during pregnancy and there's not that much science on it, to be honest yeah. with you. But we made quite a cool video, which basically talks about how, you know, it is good to run if you've been running before, not like just start running during pregnancy. It's more like if your body's used to it and you keep running. But I think it's good that we're talking about it more. Mm. Yes, exactly. There's, there's, like you said, there's, there's not enough, hasn't been enough conversation or research about both both running during and, and the stuff that's in place uh, at races. So um, I guess in the main part it's, it's positive that there's uh, there's conversation around this topic up next your questions okay so first up matt from belfast thanks matt i'm training for a half marathon next month and doing 60k a week wow okay i'm planning on taking a lighter month around 20k per week after that before i start training for an early spring marathon does the 10% rule for building mileage still apply if you've done more weekly miles before and just taken a break? Or would it be safe to jump up to 50k per week pretty quickly if it's only one month of lighter training? Okay, all about the 10% rule. Andy? Yeah, you've handed over to me. Um, <laughs> the I would say no, it doesn't apply here. So depending on how long you've been logging 60k a week consistently for the half marathon, um, taking one month at a lower volume makes total sense. That's a good way of periodizing mm. your training. But then yes, if you're down at 20 or 30k a week, you don't need to go 20, 22k, 24k, 28k. You don't need to step up in such small increments because it'll take you forever to get back up to that yeah. level. You can take bigger jumps. I wouldn't leap straight back to 50, 60k a week. Yeah. But I would, I would do it over the course of three to four weeks rather than having to do it by 10%, which would probably take you months. Yeah, but Sarah, the 10% rule is important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. If you are building up for the first time, like if this will be your first marathon or if you were... 
only doing 20 to 30k a week then it would be really important to go up in those 10 percent chunks for your overall weekly mileage or 10 percent on what your longest run is just so that you don't kind of shock your body yeah exactly just be sensible next up luke from indiana and he's got a question about caffeine not one I've come across before, actually. My wife and I are training for a marathon and on our longer runs, typically an hour or more, we use gels and electrolyte tablets with caffeine added. We both love the products we use, but realize that caffeine raises heart rate. Should we limit our use of caffeine during runs to keep us in our proper zones or do the performance benefits of caffeine outweigh a possibly higher heart rate? Caffeine and heart rate. I mean, it does raise it, doesn't it? Me just having a cup of tea now, my heart rate's just gone up. Yeah, we can say both. <laughs> you make my heart rate go up. Um, <laughs> every time you wave. Oh, I meant cute. that to be an insult, not a Oh, right. Oh, no, right. I, I took it as pure yeah, love. Yeah, you just make me nervous. Yeah, yeah. Make me nervous when you're trying to keep me on time and get me to shut up on this <laughs> podcast. Um, also, we haven't touched on the fact that we've had both people, we knew who they're, where they're from, and we've got someone from the US in Indiana and somewhere, someone from uh, Northern Ireland in Belfast, which is really exciting to get sort of... Always good. Always from great all over to the world. they're from. Um, that's just me delaying as I try and Work pro- process caffeine. in my subconscious how to act, act, answer caffeine, the question. heart rate zones. Yeah. Uh, there's a few things to think about. If you haven't practiced with what you're going to use on race day and you will get a performance benefit and a boost from caffeine on race day, then you do run risks of... GI, like stomach issues from caffeine in particular. So you do need to practice with them. Otherwise you come to race day if you're then like, right, I'm going to introduce this caffeine gel. Hang on, why would you get stomach issues if you just normally have tea and coffee? Well, I don't know whether they normally have tea or coffee. It Um, will also be like if you take something with caffeine and you're not used to caffeine whilst running. So if you're doing something different. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, but caffeine in particular, like can, can have a diuretic effect and can also affect your stomach in terms of like needing to go to the toilet. So, okay. oh, that's my understanding. So uh, if you were thinking, right, I'm going to save it entirely for race day and never practice with it, that's a bad idea. It will raise heart rate, but it'll also improve endurance performance and you'll get the benefits of it on a run. I would say limit it to your longer runs, which is what they sound like they're doing anyway. And I think that's fairly sensible to be kind of building your longer runs with exactly what you plan on doing on the, on the marathon race day. Then I wouldn't worry too much about the elevated heart rate. Although, obviously, normal health advice applies here. Like if you've got any health problems or like, you know, pre-existing conditions or whatever, then Mm. then definitely seek medical advice before you start using something like caffeine, which is a stimulant. I would also say think about how how is the caffeine making you feel yeah. because personally i don't touch caffeine at all because it it acts too quickly for me yeah. like it just wouldn't the even if i had like a, a fizzy drink with caffeine in it it acts so fast that i would be like buzzing around the room for 10 minutes and then yeah. crying so for me <laughs> for me it doesn't work but also if you if on a long run you take the electrolytes or the gels with caffeine in and then you start to you, you just don't feel good then you don't need to like obviously a lot of elites use caffeine some elites don't use caffeine yeah, so like it did. really it, it's subjective and definitely like that's why you should practice with it in training as well because just because just because there's science yeah. backing up that it can help doesn't necessarily mean that it is going to be the best thing for you yeah and it's unlikely to raise your heart rate massively um because your heart rate's already elevated during a run so if you're mm-hmm. just sat and having a cup of coffee or something then your your resting heart rate would be raised you know if it was raised by five or ten beats then that's significant at rest but being raised by five or ten mm. beats when you're when you're running is is less of an impact obviously i'm pulling those numbers out of nowhere but i would say that 
if you feel good, go off your RPE, so your rate of perceived exertion, like how hard out of 10 or 20 are you working? Um, and does the caffeine help you get through those runs? And are you going to use it on race day? In which case, stick mm. with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I think in a future episode, we're planning on talking about legal performance enhancers for running, um, of which caffeine is definitely one. Yeah, so if you have any other questions about caffeine or any other legal performance enhancers, stay tuned for that episode. And you've been listening to the Running Channel podcast. We got through another one. We did it. We do have one very small favour in that we want to make another version of this episode in that what no one tells you before you start running. So if you're listening to this right now, you've enjoyed it, send it to a running buddy, a friend, put it in the group chat of your running club. Good idea. Get them to email into podcast at therunningchannel.com with what no one told them before they started running. And hopefully the next episode will contain some absolute gems. Yes, we're relying on you to spread the word. We love doing the podcast. It's genuinely my favourite time of the week. We love receiving all of the comments on social media, but also the emails that we get that makes the whole podcast. So without you guys listening, yep. there is no podcast. So thank you very much. Yeah, and me and Rick just put up with Andy each week. We do. We enjoy each other's company. Well, sometimes we, we scroll for the comments and my favourite comment this week was, you know why I like your podcast? Because you actually talk about running. <laughs> Goodbye. (laughs) Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by New Balance and two specific shoes from the fuel cell range, the Rebel V4 and the Supercomp Elite V4. And there's an incredible amount of technology in both of these shoes. I'm the shoe geek, Sarah hates this bit. The fuel cell technology is the midsole foam, which is aimed at being propulsive. So both of these shoes feel fast. And then in the Supercomp Elite V4, there are strategic midsole voids. So essentially gaps or holes in the the midsole, which in combination with the carbon fiber plate design are aimed at increasing the amount of stored energy that you get. All super shoes are aimed at giving you as much energy back as possible, with these being New Balance's best yet. Well, if you want to check out either the Fuel Cell Supercomp Elite V4 for race day or the Fuel Cell Rebel V4, which could be for race day, it could be for all of your training as well, then head to the link in the show notes.